Hare Krishna. Thank you everyone for coming. Now we'll have a Bhagavad Gita talk, interactive talk. So be ready. We'll ask everyone to share their realizations. Don't be shy. Now we'll sing Radha Madhava. Jai Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jai Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Can you play cartel? Gopi Janava Lava Gireva Dadari Jai Gopi Janava Lava Jana Ranjana 
Radhe Govinda Radhe Govinda Radhe Radhe Govinda Radhe 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 Govinda Shri Radhe 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 Govinda Radhe 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 Govinda Shri Radhe Bala Bala Hari Radhe Govinda Radhe Kala Chanji Radhe Radhe Govinda Radhe 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 Govinda Shri Radhe Goda Goda Hari Bhav Hari Bhav Hari Bhav Goda Hari Hari Nama Sankirtanagi Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So welcome everybody. Thank you again for coming. Is there anybody here that is here for the first time? Welcome. Thank you. And we'll, I'll just give you a little uh, overview of what we'll do. We're going to have a little talk on the Bhagavad Gita until 6.30. And then we'll have another music meditation, kirtan. And then we'll have a dinner free vegetarian dinner, not at the restaurant, but uh, down the hall and downstairs at about 7 o'clock. So you're welcome to stay for as long as you like. Then we'll, we'll, people will be chanting back in the temple also after dinner, or even some people chant during dinner. So thank you all for coming. To today's Sunday feast is in honor of Johnny, one of our devotees that passed away about a month ago. So 
many devotees have sponsored the dinner and his family will be coming also. So we'll say some announcements after class about that. Anybody have a favorite verse from the Bhagavad Gita? We would like to pick. What's your favorite verse? Where's the mic? Sham Keshava. One second, he'll give you the mic, okay? You can say your name and what your favorite verse is. And then I'll, and if you want to speak a little something on the verse, you can also. Then I'll, I'll also speak. Hold it close to your mouth. Dharmakshetra Karakshetra Dharma Veta Yayat Samaha Bhavaka Sanyasteva Her name is Janaki and her favorite verse. Is that the very beginning? The first verse of the book. So I'll read the translation. Hadi Hadi. So Dhritarashtra said, O Sanjay, after my sons and sons of Pandu assembled in the place of pilgrimage. You can leave the mic here. Okay. So after the sons of Pandu assembled in the place of pilgrimage at Kurukshetra desiring to fight, what did they do? You want to say something, Janaki, about the verse? Janavi, sorry. So this is setting the scene. Is that asking Sanjay? Who knows who Sanjay? Sanjay was a spiritual visionary. He wasn't on the battlefield, but he could see what was going on. And he was explaining it to Dhritarashtra, who was blind materially. So that's setting the scene. And then we know it in the, right before the Bhagavad Gita that Krishna spoke these words of wisdom to Arjuna and to all of us. This happened historically 5,000 years ago. And we're still gaining so much insight. And it'll be going, <laughs> this knowledge will be, people will be uh, taking advantage of the Bhagavad Gita for how long? How much? 10,000 years? Then what'll happen? <laughs> so, it's explained there's different cycles, just like seasons. And right now we're in the Kali Yuga. That'll last 10,000 more years. So they'll be taking advantage of this knowledge for a long time. So I was thinking to read from chapter 18, text 55, I think. can chant along. I'll chant the Sanskrit and whoever knows it can chant along. Then I'll do the translation and our founder's explanation and then we'll give some reflections. 
Bhaktyamamma vijananti avanyaschasmi tattvataha tatomam tattvatogyatva vishate tadanantaram. So even not knowing the meaning, Sanskrit is very uplifting to the consciousness. But knowing the meaning is also uplifting. So the translation. One can understand me as I am, as a Supreme Personality of Godhead, only by devotional service. And when one is in full consciousness of me, by such devotion, he can enter into the kingdom of God. Should I say kingdom or queendom? Should we vote? Because actually a little esoteric fact is that Radharani, like we see on the altar, Radhakalachanji, and Krishna's left side, Radharani, is Radha Vrindavan Eshwari. She is the controller of Vrindavan, of the spiritual world of Krishna. Radharani is the internal pleasure potency of the Lord, the feminine counterpart of Krishna. And the spiritual, what, what people call heaven, is ruled or is the mood is set by the queen, Radharani. So we can say queendom, although here it says kingdom. It's a little underlying truth, esoteric, spiritual insight. So we'll read a little bit of the purport. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, and his plenary portions cannot be understood by mental speculation nor by the non-devotees. If anyone wants to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he has to take to pure devotional service under the guidance of a pure devotee. Otherwise, the truth of the Supreme Personality of Godhead will always be hidden. As already stated in Bhagavad Gita 7.25, Naham Prakasya Sarvasya, he is not revealed to everyone. No one can understand God simply by erudite scholarship or mental speculation. Only one who is actually engaged in Krishna consciousness and devotional service can understand what Krishna is. University degrees are not helpful. One who is fully conversant with the Krishna science becomes eligible to enter into the spiritual kingdom, the abode of Krishna. Becoming Brahman does not mean that one loses his identity. Devotional service is there, and as long as devotional service exists, there must be God, the devotee, and the process of devotional service. Such knowledge is never vanquished, even after liberation. Liberation involves getting freed, getting free from the concept of material life. In spiritual life, the same distinction is there. The same individuality is there, but in pure Krishna consciousness. One should not mistakenly think that the word vishate enters into me, supports the monist theory that one becomes homogenous with the impersonal Brahman. No, vishate means that one can enter into the abode of the Supreme Lord in one's individuality, to engage in his association and render service unto him. 
For instance, a green bird enters a green tree not to become one with the tree, but to enjoy the fruits of the tree. Impersonalists generally give the example of a river flowing into the ocean and merging. This may be a source of happiness for the impersonalist, but the personalist keeps his personal individuality like an aquatic in the ocean. We find so many living entities within the ocean if we go deep. Surface acquaintance with the ocean is not sufficient. One must have complete knowledge of the aquatics living in the ocean's depths. Because of his pure devotional service, a devotee can understand the transcendental qualities and the opulences of the Supreme Lord in truth. As it is stated in the 11th chapter, only by devotional service can one understand. The same is confirmed here. One can understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead by devotional service and enter into his kingdom. After attainment of the Brahma-Bhuta stage of freedom from material con- uh, concepts, conceptions, devotional service begins by one's hearing about the Lord. When one hears about the Supreme Lord, automatically the Brahma-Bhuta stage develops, and material contamination, greediness, and lust for sense enjoyment disappears. As lust and desires disappear from the heart of a devotee, He becomes more attached to the service of the Lord. And by such attachment, he becomes free from material contamination. In that state of life, he can understand the Supreme Lord. This is the statement of Srimad Bhagavatam also. After liberation, the process of bhakti or transcendental service continues. The Vedanta Sutra 4.1.12 confirms this. This means that after liberation, the process of devotional service continues. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, real devotional liberation is defined as the reinstatement of the living entity in his own identity, his own constitutional position. The constitutional position is already explained. Every living entity is a part and parcel fragmental portion of the Supreme Lord. Therefore, his constitutional position is to serve. After liberation, the service is never stopped. Actual liberation is getting free from misconceptions of life. Om Ajnan Timirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Uta Parakamalam Shri Guru Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagarjatam Sahagana Raghunathan Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shiradha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shivishakandvitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindo Dina Bando Jagatpate 
ಗೋಪೀಶೋಪಿಕಾಕಾಂತಾಧಾಕಾಂತಮೋಸ್ತುತೆ ತಾಪ್ತಕಂಚನ ಗೌರಾಂಗೀ ರಾಧೇ ವೃಂದಾವನೇಶ್ವರಿ ವೃಷಭಾನುಸುತೆ ದೇವಿ ಪ್ರಾಣಮಿ ಹರಿ ಪ್ರಿಯ ವಂಶಕಲ್ಪತರುಭ್ಯಶ್ಚ ಕೃಪಾಸಿಂಧೂಭ್ಯ ಪತಿ ಪಾವನೆಭ್ಯೋ ವೈಷ್ಣವೇಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ನಮಃ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭುನಿತ್ಯನಂದ ಶ್ರೀಯದ್ವೈತ ಗದಾಧಾರ ಶ್ರೀವಾಸರಿ ಗೌರಭಕ್ತವೃಂದ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೇ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೇ ಹರೇ One can understand me as I am, as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, only by devotional service. And when one is in full consciousness of me, by such devotion, he can enter into the kingdom of God. So Krishna is giving us the secret of how to conquer the Supreme. It's explained that nobody is more powerful, that God's omnipotent, omniscient, and what's the omnipresent right he's everywhere present everywhere full of unlimited strength everything emanates from the absolute truth and nobody can conquer nobody stronger smarter more beautiful that krishna has unlimited spiritual qualities but one of the secrets that krishna is revealing is that he is conquered and overwhelmed by pure loving devotion so it's just like in a relationship we all have family relationships and friendships and what not when does somebody decide to like you know share themselves with you it's when you see that that person that the other person cares more for you than they do for themselves right when you see that intense intimacy or sacrifice of love then the other person <clears throat> thinks oh let me open up let me become vulnerable <laughs> nobody likes to to be an open a target especially no matter how strong the the person is emotionally or physically psychologically or whatever what is the softest what is the target <laughs> it's their emotions right most people are easily uh hurt we're sentient beings sensitive and if things don't go our way in a relationship just the tone of somebody's voice can make somebody close up right they may not react angrily necessarily but they'll just make a note okay heart chakra <laughs> barriers blocking it off and putting walls very hard to be open minded 
open-hearted, always giving. But Krishna is giving the secret of relationship <laughs> and how the most satisfying reciprocation can be experienced through our individual approach to the divine through devotion, devotional service. Just like there's a saying, uh, love means service. Right? If somebody in a relationship is telling you all the time with fancy uh, poetry, oh, I love you so much, You're, you mean everything to me, you are my life and soul, you know, whatever it may be, but then they don't do anything for you. Where Where is that going to go? You know, so love means service. And Krishna is saying right here that <laughs> I give myself completely to that person who engages in pure, loving, devotional service to me. This is the secret of how to attain that most treasured object. What is it? Love. When sometimes they say God is love, right? And poetic kind of lingo. But love is also personal. It's not just a vague energy. Love means there's two, at least. And in spiritual life, Krishna is revealing, like in that purport, in that explanation, that who are we all? We are eternal, conscious, spiritual beings that even after liberation... Our individuality continues. Sometimes people think, oh, when I reach perfection, when I become liberated, when I get mukti, then I will merge into nothing. Or they think, I'll merge into the universal uh, cosmic energy. But no, by the realized souls, those that have realized knowledge of their true nature, understand that wherever there's consciousness... There's a soul, and that the soul is a eternal, individual, spiritual being that has an eternal, loving relationship with the supreme personality of Godhead. And devotional service is the process to revive our lost relationship with Krishna. Well, so what is devotional service? Maybe some of our some of you can say different seva, service. Like what? What would you maybe give an example of what would be? Can you hand her the mic? Sham Keshava? Would you like to say one? You can elaborate on what is service. Seva, like without self-interested, offering yourself for a small service, whatever we can do to serve the temple like helping in the kitchen with love, you know, in different ways that we can help. Yes, thank you. Young man? Can I say a verse? Say again? Can I say a verse? Oh, yeah. He wants to say a verse. Shravanam kirtanam vishnu smaranam padasevanam those are the nine processes of devotional service. 
Can you say the translation for those that may not know the Sanskrit? Ravanam means hearing, Kirtanam means chanting, Vishnu, Smaranam means remembering Vishnu, Padasevanam means you are serving the lotus feet of the Lord, Archanam means you're doing um, Arati to the Lord, or Puja, and Vandanam means you are you are offering your uh, your obeisances to the Lord. Praying. Sakya means you are the friend of the Lord. At, and Atmani Vedanam means uh, Dasya means you are the servant of the Lord, and Atmani Vedanam means you are offering everything to the Lord. Awesome. Yeah. So he is given a verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam, another book talking about the different aspects, nine. So, shravanam, a big part of devotional service is hearing. It's actually the most fundamental. Just like if you're sleeping, what is the sense that is what can save your life or what is the sense that can revive you? It's your ear, your hearing, right? Your alarm goes off, somebody makes some noise, and you wake up. So hearing, spiritual knowledge, hearing about Krishna, hearing about Krishna's personality, his qualities, his pastimes, his devotees, awakens, it wakes us up. Jeev Jago, Jeev Jago, Gode Chanjabole. It wakes us up to our real spiritual relationship, our real consciousness. And then once we, we've heard, we kirtan, we glorify what we've learned, we, we share. It's just like, it's explained that if somebody is a doctor and they have medical knowledge and they're in a circumstance where they could help somebody and they don't, they can be heavily fined and sued, right? So it's the same in spiritual circles. Once we've been given the blessing of spiritual awareness of our true nature as not the temporary body, not a man or a woman, not Indian or American or young or old, but that the conscious spiritual self, our essence, once that we have been given this, even on the theoretical plane, it gives so much relief to life. And we're meant to share it. We're duty-bound to share this spiritual knowledge. It's like, Lord Chaitanya. How many of us have heard of Lord Chaitanya? Goranga! <laughs> so Lord Chaitanya, as we know, is the combined form of Radha and Krishna. And when he was here 500, 500 years ago, he said that, now I order you to Become a guru and liberate this land. Everyone should become a guru, right? Some of us may think, oh, that's not for me, you know, to, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you know, IT worker. I don't have to, I'm not a sannyasi, I'm not a brahmachari, or I'm not a, you know, temple devotee. I don't know, it's not, no, but Lord Chaitanya is giving this instruction to every living entity.
And in one verse he says, Yare deke tare kara Krishna upadesh amara jnana hana tare hana upadesh. What's the translation? Can you say Sham Keshava in the mic? Or general, you know? Whoever you see, uh, say about Krishna. Whoever you see, whomever you meet, say about Krishna, this is my order. This is my order. (laughs) So whoever you see, whoever you may meet, tell them about Krishna. And that is also an art. uh, It takes sensitivity. It's just like with a child. Let's say that you're the parent and you're you want them to eat. If you get overly heavy and, you know, hey, eat food, you know, you ruin the mood and the kid's going to be like, they may put something in their mouth but they're not going to enjoy and they're not going to get nourished. So it's an art, you know, it's sensitivity. So similarly with sharing the message that we're not the body, that we're the soul, that life is meant to revive our original relationship with the Supreme Soul, Krishna. You know, we have to be sensitive to the person's psychophysical, karmic circumstance, right? Sometimes it may be philosophical, sometimes it may be straightforward. Sometimes it's good that a parent is a bit heavy with the child, right? It may be needed or may help them. Sometimes more gentle approach. So similarly in sharing Krishna consciousness, more often than not, the more gentle, the more humble, the more caring we can share this um, beautiful realization, the more impact it will have. Just like in a child, you know, you have to be uh, thoughtful and caring. That's the one phrase comes to mind that people don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. Right? So just having theoretical knowledge and downloading it on people not always has the best result. But what comes from the heart touches the heart. Right? And we're all sentient beings. We can feel a person's motivation, you know, to different degrees according to our, you know, consciousness. And the point of of spiritual life is to soften up and to act with devotion. That's what Krishna is saying here. That's what conquers him and that's what pleases his children. Everybody's a child of God, you know. Everything that has life has or is a spiritual being. And the more we are acting on that knowledge ourselves, the more we can share that with others. It's like also said that you can't give what you don't have. Right? It's just not, it's a (laughs) practical reality. So if, if if our existence is theoretical, if like all these things I'm trying to express 
are just on the theoretical level, not much can be given. But the more I'm living with realization, acting on the spiritual plane, the more it has spiritual effect on others. So this is the purpose of association, the purpose of a temple, purpose of community, is to go deep, like Prabhupada said in the purport. Remember when he said that surface, anybody remember the wordage? That surface knowledge of the ocean is not sufficient. That we have to go deep and know the living entities there, that there's aquatics and there's of all varieties. So surface acquaintance with theoretical spiritual knowledge is is not enough. We have to go deep and get realization. And that's what is given or reawakened by acts of devotion, by engaging in devotional service. So Krishna is giving us the uh, little nugget of spiritual wisdom here. And like I was saying, it's meant for all of us to go deep within ourselves and our own lives to act more devotionally to others and to Krishna. And one of the prime ways to please Krishna is to sing His holy names. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So Krishna, sometimes people think, oh, to approach God, you know, must be such sophisticated, uh, elaborate process. But no, Krishna's maybe the cause of all cosmic creation, maybe the cause of all spiritual and material energies. But what is he asking? Please sing and dance. But sometimes there's a saying, some, somebody will say, chant, 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 and somebody may say, can't, can't, can't. You know, they could have chanted, but it just, like, um, what's that phrase? Like, I forgot, oh, it's not coming to mind, these two words, something about just, rebelliousness, just uh, I forgot how Prabhupada said it, but like like un yeah, just for not, well one of the reasons, I'll say one of the reasons that all of us are here in the material plane is because at different degrees we wanted to see what is it like to exist separately from my relationship with Krishna. So we're rebellious. We're rebelling, just like we ran away. The kids may run away from home. They may be children of, of very loving and affluent parents, but they're thinking, oh, let me see what it's like to be on my own. Forget my relationship with my parents. So similarly to different degrees, all of us in the material world are thinking, okay, what is it like to exist and try to enjoy 
separately from a loving devotional relationship with the Supreme. And spiritual life and devotional service is the reawakening, you know. It's already there. It's intrinsic. It's just like consciousness is explained that sun is compared to sunshine sometimes. There's no meaning. Nobody ever says shine, right? They may say it, but in, in relationship to the sun, they say sunshine. So consciousness in and of itself, we say it has the same uh, example that consciousness means Krishna consciousness. Wherever there's consciousness, there's a spark of, of the spiritual identity. Just look at any anything that has life. Life is a symptom of consciousness. Consciousness is a symptom of the presence of the soul. Wherever there's a soul, there is an eternal connection with the Supreme Soul. And devotional service, chanting Hare Krishna, engaging in prayer, bringing our mind to thoughts of Krishna, serving Krishna's devotees. Like they say, love me, love my dog. You know, that's one phrase. So we, we, we will show, show our love to God by how we relate to God's devotees, God's children. And this is the way to reawaken our dormant Krishna consciousness. So I just like to say, is, is anybody here from Johnny's family? Or you're his daughters? Thank you for coming. So today's Sunday feast, is your mother here? Okay, so Johnny was and is a very beautiful person that was a member of our community that passed away a month ago and today's Sunday program is dedicated to him and we're happy that his mother and two daughters are here. Sorry, sorry. His wife and two daughters. And I have a very soft place in my heart for him because, you know, when he would come, well, one thing is Kartik is a very special month. Anybody living here in Dallas, please come to our temple in um, October, November time. For a month, we, we all do um, kirtan, music meditation in the temple and light candles and it's we sing a very special prayer. And he would come every day. Every, well, we do it in the evening. And he would give out. He would make special sweets to give out to everybody. And he did it with such affection. Just like Krishna is saying, I'm, I'm conquered and overwhelmed by pure loving devotion. So he, like, lived that mood. He, his mood of giving. There's one phrase, my, one of my mentors says, live to give. That was like, you know, that was on written on his heart. Johnny's heart was live to give. And he would come and set up his tray right in the hallway and everybody that would come, he would give special sweets that he had made or had made. And this is the mood, is to try to just like they say, like, you know, maybe many of us here probably 
all of us have their parent, their mother probably told them at one stage, it's better to give than receive. Right? I mean, a lot of pe- people's mothers have said that to them. And then that's kind of like, really? Is it? <laughs> and so that's something to be experienced by practice. Also, sometimes we may think, oh, it's not like that. But actually, the more you give, the more you get. Also, the more you give your heart to Krishna, the more Krishna gives himself to us. And that's what we're longing for. The heart is longing for loving reciprocation in our relationships, in everything we do. Why do people even, you know, get out of, get off the bed? Most of them to work. Why do they work? So that they can, you know, most of it is they have something in connection with another person that they're living for. Just like food alone, it's understood, can't nourish the body. In a sense, it can keep it going, but not really with, um, uh, let's say, satisfaction. But nourish, but loving affection nourishes. It's saying that, it's said that a, a mother's love is one of the closest things to unalloyed spiritual um, love. And every soul has that unlimited unconditional love intrinsic and until we unless and until we we experience it from others and experiencing it by giving it we, we don't feel the the depth of satisfaction that we're looking for in all of our activities so that is the little message that uh, Johnny I feel lived by and that the shastras that the vedas and the bhagavad gita and krishna are are revealing that one can know the deepest happiness through acts of devotional service. So thank you for your kind attention. If there's any uh, reflections or questions by anybody, please share.